Hi, I'm Rebecca Pete, And I'm Rebecca Cochran. And, and welcome, welcome to Woven, where we strive to be Christians living in the world with intention. And our prayer is that, to paraphrase Mary Zimmer, the Christ who knew Mary and Martha would show us the way of balance. Thanks, Thanks for listening. This is going to be the last episode in our Hard Stuff series, and we have been talking through different types of unique griefs. Um, so if you've been tuning in, we've talked through things like miscarriage and widowhood. And um, this one we're talking about today may not seem like it fits with those things. We are talking about singleness. Um, and I want you to listen anyway, because it does fit. Um, the thing about singleness is it is its own unique kind of grief. And we also just don't really know how to support our single brothers and sisters in the church very well. Um, from my experience observing, we either like throw really awkward mixers where we just call the single people in a room and we're like, Hey, just partner up. Or we just don't know how to engage, um, people. And it leaves people who are already kind of, you know, and I don't want to speak for y'all, but it, it can leave you feeling more isolated when that stuff happens. So we have two guests on today. I'm actually really excited. They're two of my dear friends. Um, we have Laura Hamilton and Jen Young. And um, I'm going to let you both introduce yourselves quickly, but um, you are both single women, um, and it's different. There's like a, there's a choosing to be single because I want to be single, like none situation, but then there's also like the, <laughs> the I would like to be married single, and like that's where you both are. So I want you to just um, introduce yourselves briefly. Um, Laura, we'll start with you because you're closest to me. Awesome. Physically. <laughs> that, was, that was awkward. <laughs> I'm Laura. I am 31 years old. Um, as Rebecca said, um, singleness is kind of just been a circumstance um, mm-hmm. that I have found myself in for the last 31 years. Yeah. <laughs> um, not necessarily by choice, but the Lord has has um, taken my life in different differing directions, put different opportunities in my path, um, and has made it really clear. I think. Um, and I might dive into more of this um, a little bit later, but um, I had the opportunity to serve overseas for a couple Mm -hmm. of years with a ministry, um, have been involved with nonprofits that mostly um, focus on working with women in various capacities, and the the reality of that life is there aren't a ton of men (laughs) around in those types of jobs, in those types of uh, ministries, um, and especially when I was working overseas. So... Um, have just found myself in a place of trying to figure out what it looks like to be um, 31 and a Christian single and um, what that really looks like plugging into the church and Christian community. Yes, for sure. And we'll get into that plugging into the church thing a little later because I think this is like a common thing. But Jen, introduce yourself. Yeah, so I'm similar. My name is Jen Young. Um, I'm 36 and choosing to be single, but We'll talk more about that. Um, and uh, I run a nonprofit, uh, faith-based community development nonprofit, uh, Metro Atlanta, um, and grew up in Atlanta uh, and moved back, uh, left for a little bit, and then moved back about four years ago. So I've been doing ministry uh, my whole adult life in different capacities with children, college ministry, and now um, really focused on helping the church engage the city mm-hmm. um, in a gospel-centered way. So, cool. Rebecca, how do you guys know each other? 
What's the connection? Laura was our long-suffering babysitter when the girls were little. <laughs> long-suffering. Long <laughs> sounds like a book. <laughs> you know, that the long-suffering babysitter. <laughs> and just has become a dear friend and part of our family, which is so cool. Um, Maddie and Penny love her. She's Miss Laura. And um, Jen, we met through a mutual friend, but I just have found such a kindred spirit in yeah. you. So yeah. if you don't like me, you won't like Jen either. Very, very true. <laughs> no, you're, you're a trip. You're a very fun person to be around and I, I wanted you both to come on because I feel like you have differing personalities which is cool and I thought it would be a good balance as we're kind of talking so um oh my gosh you know what we can start with let's get the bad stuff out of the way okay what are some really unhelpful ways people have tried to quote help you with being single or ways that being single has been presented to you oh goodness mm. Um, I'll start with one, especially in the church context. The worst thing is, um, are you dating anyone mm-hmm. when you say no? And it's like, uh, oh, well, I have someone for you. Mm-hmm. Or they give a story of like a situation, um, you know, where I tried to have a baby and God just wasn't giving me that. So I was praying um. and then I got pregnant and you're like, Thanks. Like, what do I do with that, Betty? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, thanks so much. Like, and so I think that the hardest part about singleness in the church is that um, it's almost expected for you to be married. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's not expected for you to prolong your singleness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Even so, though there's lots of scripture. There's so much about it. So uh-huh. much about yeah. it. And, and even, I think, the advice is the most unbiblical advice that you'll hear, in the, mm-hmm. but you're in the church. Yeah. And so then if you're not careful, then you can build a worldview based off people's opinions mm-hmm. instead of off scripture. Yeah. And as you get older and older, that just get, it gets more and more challenging because you're no longer in the, the quote unquote, okay singleness box. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like uh-huh. when you're getting into your thirties, like you're getting into spinster, you know, Elizabeth, <laughs> uh, Elizabethan like era where it's like whoa she's single for a reason not for a season oh, um, yeah and so it's just it's hurtful how people approach that it's almost like they tiptoe around it and and treat you like you're a leper or something and you're kind of like there's yeah. just not great guys to go out with or they're not pursuing you or something like that so I think the hardest part about singleness in the church is they don't know how to talk to you yeah they don't know what to do with you because you don't fit in any of the categories yeah. that are offered, mm-hmm. yeah. so to speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's that's the hardest part, I think. Yeah. What about you, Laura? Do you agree with that? I think I, I definitely agree with that, and I would echo everything you said. Uh, I think some of the unhelpful advice, uh, someone telling you, you know, you'll find them when you're just not looking or when you're not expecting mm-hmm. it. Um, and it's like, well, okay, <laughs> I've had several seasons where I haven't been looking, so that doesn't seem super helpful. And also, I would say the church tends to look at singleness as a, a temporary or a transitional mm. season of life. Very true. Yeah. Where it's like, when are you going to come to the end of your single mm. season? And when mm. is that? And, and it's not necessarily seen as a legitimate um, way of living life mm. just as just as legitimate as being married or having a mm-hmm. family or being older and being widowed like it is just not seen as 
as it's seen as transitional. Um, yeah. Let me find you someone to date. Let me find a way to fix this situation mm-hmm. that you find yourself in versus maybe more helpful questions of what's your community like or what are you pursuing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in this season of life. That's very true. It almost, yeah, it's a very, we've got to fix you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you're not, you're broken. Like you're incomplete. Yeah. So then like that, those questions just feed the doubt that's already there. Mm-hmm. And it just, you just strip your whole self away. And you're like, maybe there's something wrong with me. Like, you know. Um, yeah. Instead Sorry, of it, Murphy's here if you can hear him. <laughs> you want to um, see his con. Instead ahead. of it being a legitimate an okay and beautiful mm-hmm. position in life, it's just never talked about like that. Yeah. Um, even though, like you were saying, Rebecca, I mean, it's you'd look throughout scripture, it's like, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's beautiful. And, it, you know, some people are chosen for that and given that mm-hmm. position in life for the rest of your life. I'm not one of those people. And so I think that's the rub mm-hmm. is people don't know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I don't know what to do with it. And mm-hmm. so you're looking for your community to help and support you. And it seems like sometimes they almost facilitate the negative side of singleness, which is just harder because you're looking for hope when you mm-hmm. feel in a season of despair. Yeah. yeah. You feel like the church should serve that, and they don't. So mm-hmm. um, I know the hardest part is is fighting that, too, and continuing to pursue the church when they're not pursuing you. And that's what's difficult because, like, yeah. there are days where it's like, and even months and weeks and even a year for me where it's like, I just don't want to go to church don't want to see that old lady that's going to come up to me and talk mm-hmm. to me and I don't want to have to be awkward. I don't want to be the only single person in the class. I just am tired of being alone in life and position yeah. and in this situation. So just it's overwhelming sometimes and I think that's what's so great about this this conversation is to begin a new conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where it's inclusive and not exclusive, which is what it feels like sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you for saying that. Y'all said that really beautifully. And as you're talking, I'm just like hiding <laughs> underneath my gentle neck, like all the ways I've messed this up. Um, no. But uh, yeah, I think that is. So, what would be good? Because I feel like part of the problem is people, like you said, like don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And if you are somebody who, like, you feel like you're kind of in limbo, like, you would like to be married, but you're not, and you're just sort of figuring that out, like, how can how can we in the church uh, better support you, like, in a big way and also, like, individually? Mm-hmm. you have anything? <laughs> <laughs> I think in a big way is maybe harder um, yeah. for me to nail down, so I'll think about that for the next few minutes. I would say individually honestly inviting or finding ways to like plug us into families mm-hmm. plug us into a uh, community where we feel like we're not uh it's not about the singleness it's just about the community or it's mm-hmm. about the family mm-hmm. so Rebecca I'll use you as an example <laughs> you and Chris invite me over for dinner and I feel like I'm part of the family when I'm over here for family Aww, dinner and that to me as someone who goes home to my own house and my own like, I sit alone at my dining table most nights, yeah, my roommate's yeah. not home. Like, those those interactions mean the world, and that, like, makes me feel included mm-hmm. and not um, not isolated and yeah. not highlighted as the single person. And I would say uh, opportunities like that, or even reaching out when, uh, if you know that a single friend is either having a stressful time mm-hmm. at, in their job or in life or struggling with their singleness, or maybe they just 
been sick for the last week, I think that reaching out, and and I'm cheating a little because I've listened to some of the other podcasts yeah. <laughs> where, where people have talked about being really specific, but I think being mm-hmm. really specific and saying, I know you've been sick for the last few days. Do you need someone to just, like, cook you dinner? Do you need mm-hmm. someone to come mm-hmm. and clean your bathroom? Because the reality of singleness, like, one, we don't have other small people to take care of or a spouse to take care of. But on the flip side of that coin, there's no one, there's no one to take care of you. us. And yeah. so I think in those, I don't know what you would say to that, Jen, I totally but agree. I feel like those are the moments where I feel the lowest is mm-hmm. when it's like, life's been stressful. I also don't feel well and there's no groceries in my house. So I have to get myself up and out the door and go and take care of myself because like you said, being a human is a full-time yeah. job. <laughs> you yeah. don't get to just yeah. like yeah. sleep and yeah. groceries don't magically appear. And the, mm-hmm. you know, there's no one I can call and say, hey, I'm just not doing well, would you mind picking stuff up on the way home from work? Um, So I think those kinds of things would be super helpful. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think the times where I've just felt thought for, there's those moments like, hey, we're cooking dinner. Want to come over? Uh Um, Because for me, the hardest part about singleness is I I just long for my own family. Mm -hmm. That's that's the hardest part. So holidays and any time that's just where it's a celebratory season of big groups of people, whether it's family or friends or however you define family, um, you, you can't coordinate that yourself. You have to be invited right. into that. Yeah. So that's what's hard is it's, mm-hmm. you know, there are times and seasons where loneliness is just inevitable. Uh-huh. Um, and so for just people to, to, for you to come to their mind just means a lot, you know, and just to say, come over, sit with us in our mess, like mm-hmm. house is not going to be clean. We've got leftovers. Like, that, that makes me feel so welcomed and so loved and thought for. And it's just, it's gospel hospitality yeah. mm-hmm. in, in a way that's needed for people that just don't feel hospitable. Like, they just yeah. they don't feel like they're invited into that conversation. Um, and I would say, too, be weary of events that are catered to marital status. Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking of an event like, um, this just happens all the time, like, Oh, we're going to invite our one single friend. We've got to invite <laughs> at least one more. Like, mm-hmm. Jeff, get on the phone, find someone. You know, like, yeah. I mean, you're just trying to fit everything so that it matches. There's an even number of people, and then it's not normal anymore. Yeah. Then it's, you know, So we're projecting yeah. our awkwardness onto Yeah. Yeah. So then you kind of, everybody kind of goes into this performance mode. Yeah. Instead of a natural... Mm-hmm. Uh, just beautiful fellowship of people. Yeah. Because um, I don't, I don't want to always just be with single people, and I don't always want to just be with couples. Like, yeah. I just want to be with people that I right. like. <laughs> That's honestly the draw for me now at my age is if I like you, I'm going to come. If I don't, I'm not coming. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't care if the most beautiful man in the room is there. Like, I'm just not interested. Yeah. But if I genuinely enjoy your company, I want to be there. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, it's interesting. Um, so I was in full-time ministry for a long time. I guess I'm technically still in full-time ministry. It just looks differently because I wasn't the church before. Um, and I was in women's ministry for a long time. And um, especially back when I was doing women's ministry, it was very typical to section people <laughs> off. So, like, okay, the, here's the group for the newly married. So mm-hmm. here's the group for, here's the Bible study that's for the young moms. And here's the Bible study that's for the single ladies. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, and then here's the Bible study for the widows. And, and I, I do think there's a place for some of that to, yeah. you know, obviously where you need to be together to because you're in the same stage. But I, I feel like we lean way more in that direction in the church than in the direction of making it inclusive. Because mm-hmm. there's so much that can be learned from the young married 
person from the to the widow to the single person. You know, there's there's so much we can learn in conjunction with each other. And I think mm-hmm. about the group that Rebecca and I, how we met each other, was full of um, everybody in different stages. Mm-hmm. And you would think that in a mentor group where we were, we were doing spiritual formation, that you would want to be with people with everybody in the same stage as you. And it actually was probably one of the best groups I've ever been in because there were, you know, a couple of single women. There was a young married who didn't have kids or some of us that had older kids and some of us that had younger kids. And mm-hmm. we just got to do life together. Yeah. And there's just something beautiful about that that I think the church misses. Mm-hmm. And so as someone who's, who has planned church ministries, um, it's just it's eye opening to yeah. to see that 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 maybe that's the way we should be doing it. Yeah, and it's really funny. Um, just like thinking back on my own journey, like from like being a young married to now having four year old girls, um, I have noticed how much of a gift my single friends have been. And like I kind of for a while, like I have a lot of single girlfriends. Like I have a lot, and I was kind of like, Lord, like what's going on? It just was like I'm not sure. Like you're obviously doing something here. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to lean into it. And it's been really cool through you guys and my other single friends just to, like, it's given me a different perspective. Like, I feel like we just need each other to get perspective a lot of times. And I think that a lot of times married people with kids, we get in our own bubble and we're like, well, I need somebody to be able to be, like, to complain about my kids with. Or I need somebody that I can, like, you know, commiserate. And that is true. But I have gotten so much good perspective. Like, just seeing the way, Laura, like, when you come over and you're, like, excited to see my kids. And I'm like, ugh. <laughs> it's, and it, it's a small thing, but it really does remind me of just the reverence of all of our lives. And then, like, sometimes you talk about going home and reading a book. And I'm like, man, that sounds nice. <laughs> and, I, but it, and I don't mean to, like, you know. What am I trying to say? I just, I feel like it's a good reminder to all of us in all different stages that when we're together, because I think it's really easy to sort of like glamorize one. Like it's easy for me as a married mom to be like, oh man, Jen, you cut in love with your dog on that couch. That sounds amazing. And I wish I could have, and like, so I just think it's. Whereas I'm like, I want to cuddle with a person. (laughs) And I'm like, I want all the people to go away and I just want a dog. That's great. (laughs) But I think that that's why it's so important because when we're just around people like us all the time, I mean, you can talk like racially, socioeconomically, like it doesn't do anything for any of us, but we've learned so much from each other and I've learned so much and it it really touches me to know because I think a lot of, like I've had single friends in the past say, um, that like sometimes being around my family made them sad because they wanted a family. And then so for a while I was like, well, I don't want to make anyone feel that way. So I'm not going to invite people yes, over. Cause right. like that is the last thing I want to do, yeah, yeah. but I'm learning just from like hearing y'all talk. It's like on me is the invitation. Mm-hmm. And like, you can do with that, whatever you want, not you two specifically, but like, mm-hmm. but like, I think it's, it's the merit of the giver and all of the things we give. And so I, I, I want to be the kind of person who extends invitations. And if someone's in a season where that's not comfortable, then they can say that. But like, mm-hmm. I, I don't want, and I think the point I'm getting to is that we try to remove the awkwardness. So mm-hmm. I'm like, well, let me pull back and not make them uncomfortable yeah. or let me pull back and not, you know, make it weird. And then we just make it way more weird. Or mm-hmm. like, well, let me invite a single friend so they don't feel weird. And it's like, you just made it weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, the end, yeah. but... Yeah, I think you hit a, a couple things right on the head, though. I think, one, like, the grass is always greener on the other mm-hmm. side, and so I think it is easy to idealize someone in a different stage of life, yeah. especially if it's a stage of life that you either enjoyed at one time or that you hope to enjoy in the future. It's easy to look at that and say, well, that's the answer. That's where I would be happy versus finding mm-hmm. happiness in the season of life that the Lord has you in, whether that's yeah. singleness, marriage, having a family. 
Um, but also I would say that like friendship is what it's reciprocal. So it's also as much as it's on a family to say, invite singles into their home or to make them feel welcome in groups or things like that. I would say it's also on single people to, to either communicate their needs or where they're at in life. And also to like, to return the invitation and to invite families and to invite couples into our lives mm -hmm. and invite that community and cultivate that in our lives. That's true. Yeah, I would totally, I mean, I think that's one thing singles don't do well is invite people into their world. Mm. Um, So if you own a home or you're renting, it's like, that's a great space to Mm -hmm. serve families Mm -hmm. Um, and say, hey, you know, find a babysitter and come over and we're Mm -hmm. just going to have a great night of just hanging out Mm -hmm. um you may not be able to plan that or you know you may be stressed out because your house isn't where you want it to be but Mm -hmm. you know a friend can serve you in that way and I think that's where um the misconception is is that we have nothing to offer couples um but we really do yeah um but we've never been advertised that way um you've only been advertised with your singleness that's the only thing that you're kind of branded with instead of all the the beautiful things and the ways that you can serve the church and the body that's not talked about and that's not Mm -hmm. celebrated Mm -hmm. and nor is it even brought to the the surface of the conversation from the pulpit to the pews like no Mm -hmm. one's really kind of having that dialogue around Mm -hmm. singleness but um yeah i mean singleness is a is such a blessing because of the many things that you do have that other people don't have. Yeah. Time, resources, availability, just all those different things. Um, now, that can be taken advantage of, um, which the church saying, yeah. does in some ways, mm-hmm. um, because you're expected to serve, because you're mm-hmm. always available. <laughs> yeah. um, but you at have the no same life. time, yeah, you have yeah. no life. <laughs> you can come do this. Like, <laughs> this comes all the babies. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Why aren't you serving in children's ministry, you single person who has no commitment? Um, <laughs> so, I mean, like, yes, it can be taken advantage of, but at the same time, like, it is our responsibility to use those things to benefit the people in the church mm-hmm. and to serve in that way. So, yeah. yeah. And it's such, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's it's been definitely a perspective shift for me. Um, because I got married when I was 21. Oh, wow. So I, um, I pretty much have never really been single cause it doesn't count. I mean, it does, <laughs> but it doesn't really count when you're in high school, right? Like everybody's single in high school. Nobody gets married in high school cause that would be against the law. And so I pretty much got married like right after it was legal. So, <laughs> so I don't have a, a, any experience. And then uh, that also means on top of that, my entire adult life, I've only had married friends right. because I've been married my entire adult mm-hmm. life. Like you, you didn't get married late, but you got married later than me. So you yeah. had single friends when you got married yeah. and a lot of them are still single. Like, I don't have any single friends until recently. Mm-hmm. And so it has been a, an, a perspective shift for me to see that I was missing something. Like, I was missing a part of the body. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just I, I'm missing, you know, I need I need more friends of color or I need more friends that um, do different types of jobs than me. Like, mm-hmm. I like there's all parts of the body and mm-hmm. you're missing part of that mm-hmm. when I don't um, try to step outside of my comfort zone mm-hmm. and make new friends. And so, and that, that stretches across. That's not just about singleness. That can play into any part, but... I think the the thought that you just had about just the perspective changed. Yeah. You know, it was really good. Well, and it's so fun to, like, because, I mean, single people generally aren't burned out on kids. 
I can talk to my single friends about things like marriage and kids and they can lend a listening ear that a lot of my married friends do not have because they have their own stuff in their mind. And, and the other way around, I can listen to my single friends talk about dating in a way because I don't hear that conversation all the time. So I can listen to it and like really be present in a way that I think sometimes like single people talking to single people, it's like, well, let me tell you mine. And you know, it can be like that with whatever, if you're talking, commiserating with anybody in your like immediate sphere. So I think it has just been a really big, not only perspective, but just a, a gift of like, it's really, it really builds community deeply because there's a space in you that has space for me mm. when you don't have what I have and vice versa that I think comes out a lot in yeah. mm. community, which is really cool. Um, okay. So yeah. I'm interested in digging into, so you were, when you introduced yourself, <laughs> you said single, not by choice. And you said by choice. Yeah. But then you said you do want a family. So I would like you uh-huh. guys to like dig into that a little bit more, like the different perspective on that. So you go ahead, Laura. Okay. Um, single, not by choice. <laughs> um, I think for me, that just means the opportunity hasn't really been there yet. Yeah. I am open to dating. I have explored the dating apps. Guys, here's a you know shocker for you. They're not all that great. <laughs> I haven't had great experiences on there, but have been open to dating. Uh, I was in a long-term relationship right after kind of toward the end of college into those uh, few years right after college Mm -hmm. thought that that was the Lord's answer and was planning on getting married and that just didn't end up being God's plan as he made that very clear um, and took me in a completely different direction took me overseas for a couple of years um, in ministry and so honestly for me it's been more about the opportunity and more about where my focus has been where I feel like the Lord has put for me, a focus on ministry and a mm-hmm. focus on the work that I feel like he's called me to. And that's been the thing that's been at the forefront. And it's like, well, if dating fits in or mm-hmm. if some guy comes along, um, but that's not necessarily been the place that I've put my energy or my focus um, or attention on so much. Good. And I would echo all of that. That's exactly how I kind of feel. And when I say by choice, what I mean is... Um, I just, I have so many friends that it's almost like they made the conscious decision, I'm no longer going to be single. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. I am going to get married. This is what I'm chasing after. Yeah. And for me, as I watched that, I saw so much compromise mm-hmm. from women who were like, I've got these biblical standards of what a godly man looks like. And it's like, that we couldn't find that, and so then we got to change our standards. Mm. Yeah. And so then they started dating these, you know, schmucks that you're like, <laughs> what? Well, I mean, like, <laughs> it's one of my, that, that's my favorite word. But that's kind of, I mean, they, they really did. They started mm-hmm. dating these, and that's kind of what's out there is what it feels like. Or just, like, your standards become, like, does he have a job and does he not mm. live in his mom's basement? Like, that's yeah. not our standard. Mm-hmm. That's almost what kind of started to become the standard and as a believer I have to be very selective and Mm -hmm. it's almost um it's it's hard it's hard to remain faithful to that um to those standards to which I believe that God is is calling uh believers to be in relationships with other people I can't just date anybody yeah. Um, but the truth is, and so what I mean when I say by choice is, if I want to be married, I could go be married today. Mm. I can, thanks, Internet. Like, you make that possible. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, that could happen today. But, 
you know, marriage is not necessarily the goal. A godly marriage is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's a different kind of waiting. <laughs> that's a different kind of dating lifestyle. Um, and frankly, it's just hard. It's very, very hard. Um, and it, it's hard to be patient and um, it's hard to, to hear the chatter and, and what people, you know, the, the opinions people are giving you and all those different yeah. things. And, um, and, and so for me, that's why it's a choice is that I choose to wait on the Lord yeah, as I'm good. praying mm-hmm. through scripture, as I'm reading scripture, I'm, I'm waiting and choosing for God to bring that into my life. Or if he doesn't, he doesn't. I don't know, but it's not a given. It's not a promise. And yeah. that's a lot of times how people talk. Yes. As if marriage is a promise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to alter my own perspective and my own thoughts and capture those and just say, okay, God, if this is where I, where I, I am and where you have me, I have to learn how to be content. Yeah. Um, even though my, my greatest and deepest desire is to be married and have children. And I don't have that. So it is a choice to yeah. be single. Yeah. Because I could go get those things if I wanted them. Yeah. No, that's a great point. Yeah. And I, let's dig into that a little bit more where you said about it not being a promise. Because um, I think that's a really good point. Um, and I, we do this in a lot of areas of our lives, not just in marriage. But we just automatically assume that that because God has, has this plan in Scripture and things um, typically work out a certain way, that we we box that in as that is a promise. Mm-hmm. So let's you we can use children as an example. Mm-hmm. Well, so these children were raised in a godly household, so they're going to become Christians, right. or they're going to live a certain way because they've been raised this way. And there's no promise of that. Mm-hmm. Now there's there's promises of in lots of other ways about if you teach your children this way and all of that. So I'm I'm just linking it to that. Sometimes we make promises that aren't there mm-hmm. um to be promises so i mean any other thoughts on that because it's a really good topic like it's just not a formula yeah mm-hmm. and that's how the church talks about it and it's mm-hmm. the same way that non-believers talk about it yeah and that's the problem is yeah. okay we gotta wake up and go like why are non-believers saying the same thing that now the church is saying yeah like, that's a good point that yeah. we can't do that like there's a big distinction and yet it's talked about in the same way and so then that's the fight. So then you start as a believer, you're like, well, maybe I'm too picky. Like you hear that all the time yes. or like lower your standards. And it's like, wait a minute, like, yeah. <laughs> you should be telling me to up my standards or, you know, yeah. like to try some other things. But it's not a formula and we treat everything like that. And so when, you know, you've got A and you've got B and then all of a sudden you're like, I'm waiting for C and it doesn't come, then you start to try to fix yourself. Yeah. And that's the problem because then it just you know, the roots of all of that just go deeper and deeper and deeper. Mm -hmm. And then what's happening is you're distorting your whole image of who Christ is and then who you are in Christ. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the, that's where the church should really step in. Mm -hmm. And they don't acknowledge that. They don't say you're associating marriage with who you are as a, as a Christian. Yeah, it's good. So, and I would add to that too. I think in the formula <coughs> is faith is in there somewhere. Um, That's like, if you have true. enough faith and if you are faithful mm-hmm. to the Lord, he's going to fulfill that yes. promise. Mm-hmm. And so then there's something that goes fundamentally back to, well, clearly I have missed the mark somewhere in my yes. faith. Clearly I am not like being faithful to mm-hmm. the Lord because that promise is not being fulfilled. I think that's the destructive 
lie that's kind of tied up with that. Yeah. That makes him into like a genie. Yeah, it does. Exactly. That's what prayer ends up being distorted right, to. Right, right. Yeah. Is, you know, if I pray enough, if I do these different things, if I fast enough, all the different things, mm-hmm. again, in the formula, then I'll get what I want. Yeah. And it's like, where in scripture are you reading that? Like, <laughs> Habakkuk 28? Like, what? I mean, I've never, you know, what's going on? It's, yeah. it's just not there. Yeah. Um, but yet it's talked about as if it's gospel truth. And it's mm-hmm. not. <laughs> yeah. So you just have to be careful who you're listening to. And, um, oh, that's good. Yeah. It's just it's just a good reminder as someone who you know likes to teach and lead and like it, being careful with how you you say things um, and that kind of leads me to one of the things you said was Jen was about um, people saying oh you're too picky mm-hmm. or um, you know I hear people in my married circle who are talking about single friends saying things like oh she's too picky or you know there's baggage there or well I wonder why she can't commit or Uh those all those things that get said and I think what you said was really good about how like that mirrors the world that's what people that's what my non-christian friends are saying too about their single friends they're like the same things are being Mm -hmm. said about our christian single friends as our non-christian single friends and that they're that's wrong because here we should be with our christian single friends we should be um encouraging who they are in Christ right. instead of saying, oh, you're this or oh, you're this, because that's what the world does. Yeah. And we don't make a distinction, and that's really good. Yeah. Well, even in the context of the church, if you don't flip that around to where it's a positive, yeah. then you don't want to date that woman because she's a negative. So it's like she's constantly talked about as being picky or mm. her standards mm-hmm. are too high. That's not attractive to single men in the church. Yeah. Like, they're right. not going to line up and be like, give me that girl. Like, you know, like, because yeah. yeah. they don't meet up to that too. Like, they've got their own insecurities. Yeah. And so I think what the church has to do is flip the conversation and say, like, God bless. Like, we are so fortunate that we have strong women who will not compromise. Like, yeah. Yeah. we're so thankful that we have women in this church who are like that. We are so thankful that we have strong, godly men who are courageous and they're standing firm in their purity. Yeah. Like, no one talks about purity in the context of being 36. Yeah. That's a yeah. whole other conversation. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, so singleness is like, you know, hey, 16-year-old, don't go have sex. But it's like, hey, 36-year-old, you know, try your best, you know? <laughs> I mean, like, it's, but it's eliminated yeah. from the conversation. But if you look at the Bible... I'm not eliminated because I'm getting older. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, like, it's this, you know, we have to change our understanding of singleness that's not just a box 16 yeah. to 24. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think that's hard for the church because we are outliers in, in certain places. And I live in suburbia, and I'm an outlier. Like, it's yeah. very rare for me to be 36 and single. In the city, not so much. Um, so it, it also depends on where the church is located and, and their context and who they're they're talking to. Yeah. And it kind of changes the conversation. But generally, yeah, it uh, it's, it's a difficult conversation to have. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, and I think it's so funny as married people that, like, we think we know. Yeah. Mm. I think that's hilarious because, I mean... Oh, I, I fully admit I don't know how to be single at all. <laughs> no, but I'm saying, like, how we think we can give advice or, oh, yeah. like, be helpful... Yes. Based on our circumstances, which are completely different. Like, it's just, it's funny to me, and it, but it seems like, and I mean, a lot of the married people I know are train wrecks. So it's like, you can't have that <laughs> argument of like, 
well, you're not ready or right. like that it really, because it, it isn't anything that is wrong with anyone who is single. And it's like ridiculous. I even have to say that out loud, but like we do, because we do. I think immediately we're like, well, what's wrong with them? Like what kind of, but it's like, you look at people in marriage and you're like, could we have any more baggage? Like it's ridiculous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just, I guess I'm frustrated that like, I feel like singleness is often um, ministered to by married people. Yes. Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. And it totally is. That's like, weird. It's And it's frustrating. Yeah. So, like, I love the Gospel Coalition. But every time that they have an article that comes out on singleness, you scroll to the bottom, it's written by a man that's been married for 15 years with four kids. Yeah. yeah. Like, come on. Like, is there not yeah. one person on your staff that can speak into this from a personal perspective? Right. Like, you're speaking yeah. it on behalf of someone or behalf yeah. of a, a group that you just don't really know anymore. And you haven't known for quite some time. Right. Um, and that's okay. Like, you, you, I'm not saying you're eliminated from the conversation or the context. Yeah. Like, I need you to speak into my life. But at the same time, every once in a while, it would just be nice of if course. you said, hey, what do you think about this? Like, could yeah. you speak to your demographic? Right. Uh, from a personal perspective, not an objective perspective. And I think that's the switch. Well, I think that could carry a lot across a lot of... Yes. We, we could all check ourselves in a okay. lot of ways on yeah. that. You yeah. know, um, I mean, I, I mean, me speaking into, you know someone I mean as a white woman mm-hmm. right. speaking to a black woman exactly. there are things that I can speak to her but there are things that I probably yeah. shouldn't be writing yeah. about and and same thing with um trying to think of another example or like all the time I get really frustrated when I read articles of men telling women how to be women like right. that doesn't mean men don't have the right to speak Christian men don't have the right to speak into my life yeah but like that doesn't need to be the only person who's speaking out with how yeah. Christian women should be exactly you know um so it's the same thing um and but I think we it, it's different in the context of singleness just because it's less obvious mm-hmm. those things are less obvious yeah. So. yeah and I think we tend to make single people want to be quiet like it seems like you just and I don't blame you I wouldn't want to speak <laughs> up I mean it seems like it's just all I don't know do you agree with that or no I yeah I do do you feel like it's easier to blend in so that you're not like oh there's the single girl Way easier, especially yeah. as an introverted yeah, person. Yeah. I'm like, let me just kind of fade into the background. Yeah. But I think that that, I, th- I think what everyone is saying ties in with like, there aren't a lot of opportunities to either be in a position of leadership or in a position to speak into mm-hmm. whether that's the church, whether that's ministry as a single adult. I think that there aren't a lot of single adult voices in those positions that are given the opportunity to yeah. lead or to teach or to speak into Ooh, whether that is just to a group of single people and they're specifically highlighting singleness as in like an article or something like that or whether that's to the church and to families the the reality is that single people if they're pursuing Christ if they are being faithful in that relationship and if you know if they are strong uncompromising singles they have something of value to share and to speak into the various circles within the church and within Christian community, but there aren't very many opportunities for that yeah. or very many platforms um, yeah. for that to be spoken or shared from. So aside from like Annie F. Downs, who's like literally the only single leader person I can think of in my sphere, are there any people that y'all look to for guidance, like pastorally or even with like a bigger platform or anything like that? Um I read a lot of Elizabeth Elliot. 
Yeah. I, she is who came to mind when you were talking she, a little bit ago. I, yeah. um, I love biographies too. Like when yeah. I'm kind of being a self pitiful person, I love going, <laughs> like, which is often, um, to go back and read. Cause it's mm-hmm. like, how in the world can I equate my choice to be singleness, to be single with suffering? Mm-hmm. When I look mm-hmm. at her context and yeah. she's like, I've suffered so little. And you're like, Lady, your husband went into the middle of a jungle and was speared to death, and then you got yeah. married and he died. Like, I mean, so it's good because she just has such a gospel-centric mind, yeah. and it filters everything she does, and so it's it's kind of that checkpoint for me is to mm-hmm. go back and, and to read her stories and to see how she deals yeah. with those, dis- those things. Um, and then my former pastor... Um, George Robertson, and the biggest George Robertson groupie in the world. Um, he's out of a second pres in Memphis. Um, but he, he would always elevate singles that in, included us in the conversation. Yeah. And very few pastors do that. Very, very few. Um, and so we were always part of the conversation, and he just always had the ability to encourage you um, and he always had, like, he has this quote that he would always say, and it's, you know, service is the remedy to self-pity. Mm-hmm. And he would also yeah. say thankfulness is the remedy to discontentment. Yeah. And self-pity and discontentment are the two roots that tend to just destroy my joy. When there are yeah. joyful moments to serve and there are joyful moments to just look up and see what God is doing, they can just rob you so quickly. And those two statements really help me just stop and see that even in my singleness God is still good and God it, like it's for his glory and it's for my good that I'm single yeah. and it's hard to it's hard to believe that in so many situations yeah um and so he he's just a man that is married um but has continued to speak into my life through the pulpit um he, he has discipled me in a way that no one else has, even in life-on-life situations. So yeah. um, I'd say those two yeah. people and then other friends that are married. And um, I, th- I would say getting a good group of... I'm so sorry. Um, I would say having a good group of people um, that are from different lifestyles and are different stages of life that are in your bank mm-hmm. is so important. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you can make the mistake of only having single friends then you can have a gripe fest or being around only, you know, young married couples and kind of hearing their woes. Um, but to always have kind of that deep bench of people yeah. that have lived and been through many different stages is just so important. And I'm constantly trying to find people to add to that. Mm-hmm. So That's really good. Lord, do you have any thoughts about that? I think for me, most of... Um, like resources wise, I'm trying to think of any and none are popping into my head. But I think more for me, the encouragement comes from those interpersonal relationships that are within my community. And mm-hmm. so uh, I've had the privilege through uh, two nonprofits that I've worked with over the past five years to be mentored by and work alongside of strong single Christian women who mm-hmm. are in a similar stage of life that I am. And I think finding that leadership and finding that day to day. Encouragement and just knowing that someone is someone gets it and mm-hmm. are also in a place of leadership in my yeah. life has been a really encouraging thing to yeah. me. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is really good. Is there anything else that y'all feel like you didn't get a chance to say or would like to say? I would say too, like single people need to be around people that are married. Um, I'm constantly learning from mothers Mm -hmm. because I hope to be a mom one day. Mm -hmm. 
And so I'm watching Christian mothers raise their children in Christian homes, which is important. Um, so as much as, you know, it's, I'm putting some of those things in my bank. Like, mm-hmm. I'm watching how you deal with your children in a godly way. Mm-hmm. And that's important because if I do, and I'm blessed with children, I'll have you as a resource. Yeah. But I'll also have some skills and tools um, that I just can't necessarily get from books. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or, or education. Um, but it's it's those relationships that I may recall on 20 years in the future. Yeah. Yeah. But I... I I wouldn't have that knowledge or understanding if I didn't build that relationship now. So yeah. I think it's just even beautiful to see um, those those relationships. I'm going to need them now, but I, I I'm probably going to need them in the future. But You're like investing context. in hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Um, I'm I'm an aunt to a niece and nephew, and watching mothers raise their kids helps me be a better aunt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. there's things that I'm constantly learning and. That's why the body is so important, um, yeah. is I need those relationships for many different reasons. I, that is so encouraging for me as a married mother, because I my first instinct is not to invite single people in for fear that, you know, it's too hard on them. Mm-hmm. Like, why would they want to hang out with me? So it's two things. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to be it to be too hard for them, that make them sad or whatever, which you talked about earlier, Rebecca. And secondly... I, I just make this assumption that single people don't want to be around me. Yeah. <laughs> like my assumption is, yeah. is, is I, what do I have to offer single, single people? Like, right. you've been married since you were 21. Yeah. You have two older children. Like, like what, do you, what, what do I have to offer somebody? So, that's my, so I don't ever invest because I think I don't have anything to give. Yeah. And so that's just a really good reminder for me. It's so much. I mean, one of the greatest memories that I have of, of a woman that made so much made a a huge impact in my life and she's still really important to me but um it was a a wife and their daughter had cancer and then she ended up dying when she was five Mm -hmm. and then six months later she had a miscarriage and a stillbirth um and then a guy fell off the roof and died so within a matter of a year this woman faced so much grief and heartache and I watched her walk through it but I also watched her reach out to the body mm-hmm. and invite them in. And it was incredible because it's kind of like I would have sat in a room and cried and mm-hmm. disappeared. You know what yeah. I mean? But to watch her grieve as a Christian did so much for me. Wow. And it, it just showed me authentic faith. Um, it showed me authentic emotion and grief and suffering in the context of the local body. And that invitation would have never happened had we not been neighbors mm-hmm. and had relationships before that. Mm-hmm. And so she even said, you know, you know, months into this, she's just like, I need the body to carry me because I can't even carry myself right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, she knew she was in this awful situation, um, an awful, you know, awful circumstance, but she called on the body. Mm-hmm. And, and, and singles need people like that, too. Um, there are times when I can't go to another wedding, <laughs> right? Um, but if a couple said, "Come sit with us," I could probably do it. You yeah, know what I mean? That's a so really good point. It's just it's those kind of moments that you yeah. don't know what someone's going through. Yeah. Um, but if you have those relationships and that's you know that that bond and that beautiful fellowship which the church offers, 
and it's also evangelistic to people who don't know Christ and are suffering. Like mm-hmm. that's when they can come into those homes and the and the church and be invited into it. Um, but it's just it's it's important because you just never know when you're going to call on those people. Mm-hmm. You never know. That's really good. I think it's it's a really unique situation and a unique grief, and you highlighted that at the beginning of the episode. It maybe doesn't feel like it fits with some of the other topics because it is a grief, but it's also a joy. Mm-hmm. Like it's a grief in the sense of there's something that we're longing for that we've not yet experienced. But I think because we've not yet experienced it, we're not even sure what we're grieving yeah. or mm-hmm. what what That's is what that loss is or how to wrap. Mm-hmm. words or a concept around it and so we're just living life and in a lot of circumstances enjoying it and loving it and so inviting us into those spaces and being in relationship um, fills a lot of the holes that maybe we weren't aware were there or yeah. hadn't put words around or a concept around because it was like oh that was missing mm-hmm. but I wasn't even aware that it was because it just wasn't a part of my day-to-day mm-hmm. yeah. experience or what my community or relationships look like. That is good. Any other thoughts, Rebecca? Um, well, it sounds like we just all need each other. That's yeah. really yeah, the, the message totally. of this whole conversation yeah. is, um, yeah, we just all need each other yeah. and we need to intentionally stay out of our bubbles. Yes. Because they're really easy to get into. Um, For sure. And I'm glad both of you are in my life to keep me out of my bubble. Yeah. <laughs> So um, thank you all so much for being here and speaking to this. I think it was, um, and anytime you want to come back and talk about it again, I think this is going to be really helpful. And I hope this is just a good resource for people. Um, so until next time. And hey, we're doing fun stuff next. So happy yes. <laughs> episode. We're like talking about hair and clothes, like whatever, all the fun things. So, um, but thank you all for being here. And um, uh, we will put your contact or your nonprofit info in the show notes because we didn't really get a chance to talk about that, but you both do really cool things and I want to highlight them. So, okay. Thanks guys. Bye.